0: writer and the long form pieces you write are very easy to read the reason I say that is they're character driven all of them are personality Mm -hmm. and there's different personalities different stories within each piece and many of these people I know in person some of them I don't I know them from social media yeah but you bring them to life in a way that's very accessible and it makes I think it makes the story the more all the more delightful for someone like me who doesn't always have time to read and read and read. So you're, you're a great writer. Your most recent piece, which I enjoyed, yeah. uh, it came out on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, the, the piece is titled 244442.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 244,
0: yeah. 000, uh-huh. 442 registered yeah. voters. Yeah. Awesome. Okay.
2: Good on you. Um, Good memory.
0: Yeah. Because, no, but that number is important because it's... Uh, Nine, something like ninety thousand back in two thousand and eighteen, yeah, was it? Okay, so that one
2: hundred
0: and fifty percent or more—it's a very significant increase. So from your from your side, reporting on it, engaging voters, how did you experience it?
1: Uh, So, first of all, thank you for having me. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And second of all, so with this topic, I did a lot of research on social media. I went to every social media platform and Mm. I dug and dug and I saw everything that was being said. And I realized that, yeah, sure, there were people who were um, encouraging the diaspora to vote and a lot of them were excited for change But I saw another side that wasn't being talked about, which is the one you mentioned, Mm. which is they felt like they were being pushed around a lot. They felt like they had heavy stress and the replies and the feedback they were getting is like, it's very, it's not nice. (laughs) Let's just say that, right? Because they felt like, well, we can't even express our opinion anymore and we need to understand something, which is... um, Joseph al said it in the article, yeah. actually, he said that we are, we are people, right? Like, we, we're not like under one label, like the diaspora. What does that even mean? We're people who had, we are people who had to leave the country. And we all have different feelings, opinions, perspectives, and mm. people were treating them as if they were like one entity. And that's just not true. So I wanted to explore that because, yeah, I, I wanted to see what's going on, how they were feeling.
0: So you mentioned Joseph Khoury, if memory serves yeah. me right, he was a psychiatrist based in Beirut, who's now in the Emirates, if I'm not mistaken? He works
1: between Beirut and Dubai.
0: Okay, so, so he's but he's a well-known psychiatrist, at least in terms of social media presence. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's a quote from the piece, I'm going to quote his words through your writing, mm-hmm. so I'm going to quote you to you through Joseph Khoury. Yeah. I feel like this campaign has put the Lebanese under two umbrellas, mm-hmm. the good Lebanese, Mm-hmm. The ones living abroad who will initiate the change during the elections and the bad Lebanese, the hopeless residents that are a lost cause. This is the sentiment that's coming across and it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. Did you sense that that that, that uh, big of a difference was happening, that there was this worthy... That we're portraying them as the sa- as a reluctant savior.
2: Uh,
1: the diaspora are people, and mm. like how many diaspora we have, like millions, like six million or something. I don't know. Don't know the number. Don't go oh, me. Oh, I mean
0: registered. I don't citizens. Yeah. I don't know, but there's the, yeah more uh, than, from plenty, yeah. right? So yeah. there,
1: there are people. There are individuals, and. Yeah, I saw a lot of people um, that said, like, would you expect us to just save you mm. or to just fix everything? Mm. And those are the people that I wanted to interview because they felt as if they couldn't express their opinion. And I and I was very intrigued, like they expressed mm. like they felt like on social media, they would get so much backlash if they simply expressed their opinion. And that's what I wanted to dig deep into. And I am not a diaspora, right? So I have no idea how they feel or think or whatever, right? Right, right. So this is why I was so intrigued. And yeah, actually, a lot of them felt like, because we need to remember that they had the weight of medicines, like when the, uh, the crisis yes, happened, right? right? And they had what, like... Mean, meaning
0: uh, sending us medicines. Yeah, Yes, yeah. exactly. Like yeah.
1: the... I had a piece on that too. Like they were sending so much... They basically carried the weight of the country when yeah. it comes to like medical, like healthcare, right? Yeah. And then came like when summer came, they also like people pressured them to buy local stuff, to like invest yeah. in Lebanon, come to Lebanon, invest. And now this, like we need to understand that these people, especially the ones that left like few like, since the crisis began, they, like, suffer a lot, like, of emotional turmoil, like, that we necessarily don't feel like, yeah. right, so, um, so, yeah, a lot of them felt pressured, and they thought that, like, okay, first the medicines, then we had to help you with the money, and now we need to, like, vote and not express our opinions, but well, maybe they were too tired mm. Or like they didn't believe in change. What's what's wrong with that, right? Like what is wrong with having that kind of opinion? That's what I wanted to explore.
0: So I, I'm going to take Joseph's words one step further because mm. you quoted him uh, extensively in the piece. Uh, there's a It's sort of, it's further down. Mm. Psychologically speaking, it would have been more productive to address the diaspora mm. under the slogan of joining forces with the residents mm. so that we could undergo the battle together, not separately.
2: Mm.
0: How could that express, I mean, how could that be done other than Sort of trying to get the number of registered voters to increase. What what could have been done to bring them under the a unifying umbrella?
2: Because um, I'm trying to think what
0: what what were the steps missing to make it a larger number right. through persuasion rather than polarization.
1: I'm not sure what could have convinced them mm. because I don't understand their psychology fully. Yeah. But I think what he meant, I think that's my opinion, is that the campaigns, like uh, the like social media posts, could have been, you, you and I right. were together, like join us, join yeah. our forces, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the residents and the diaspora, like it's not, it's not like we need you, like if you don't vote right now, we will actually die.
0: <laughs> so it's really limited the social media, uh, outreach that it wasn't done in a more inclusive way. Is that what I'm getting from his? From I'm trying to understand his. Yeah, yeah, it's the
1: social media campaign campaign. because the social social media was like, well, you are so you have everything in the diaspora, your life is so good. This is like the sentiment I understood. Just register and vote. It's so easy. But like, no, it's complex for them, and we need to take like their opinion into consideration, right? And this is and so a campaign where it would have been like, like for example, if I told you right now, Roni. If I if you don't do this to me, I will actually die. This is what you
0: said to get a podcast episode.
1: Exactly. This no, my secret is out, people. I mean yeah, that's basically what happened. What can I say? You said
0: you're gonna die at midnight tonight, so I was like, you know, see
1: I'm Cinderella, except the Lebanese version. So anyway (laughs) That's for another episode. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> so so what, do you, what do you turn into with that? If
0: you, if you don't get... Uh, is it a pumpkin? No, no, that's the carriage.
1: I turn into Michelle. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is two, why
1: you never see him.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> that's funny. So anyway, so if I tell you, like, if you don't do this right now, I will die and you're a horrible person for doing this, yeah. for ignoring me. Or I can say, hey, if I do this... Do you want to join me? I think it would be fun if you and I do this together. It's a joint I activity. It. I see. This is the sentiment I think he was trying to, take, trying to tell he me. He made me
0: think about it because I never, I, I, noticed that there was a bit of reluctance when people were getting emails, mm. sort of pushing that registration. Maybe yeah. sometimes those emails were available already, but it's just that extra step of we need you to vote that was not necessarily m- communicated the most inclusive way. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate his criticism. Yeah. But the article also includes other names. And there's one yeah. I enjoyed Yara Is. Yeah. Yeah. So she's mid 20s living in Germany.
1: Yeah, she studies political science. So right. she knew what she was talking about.
0: There's a nice quote from her side. Um, usually, the citizen would be a partner in the country's yeah. decision-making, but in Lebanon, mm. we were never taught how to do so. Yeah. This was due to the sectarian state that manipulates the people mm-hmm. and strengthens the traditional parties. And she also, this is not mm. her words, but you're reflecting. She also feels that many of the Lebanese eligible to vote among her expat friends are still set to support old sectarian political yeah. parties. Going back to her, I know people who will vote for Lebanese forces just because they're anti hezbollah let me yeah. So is that, in a way, added burden on the registered voter? That they know that, so what if they register? There are many people abroad that are going to be voting for the old parties. Mm. So the number may not be totally reflective. Yeah. And I think that's the sentiment from your title as well, Mm. that the number is big, but it may not be October 17. It may be a conglomerate of other parties too. So, uh, hmm, did you... Did you sense that there's that built-in assumption, too, from people abroad that it's still Lebanon at the end of the day?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I went into this, I had no clue what to expect, right? Again, because from where I'm standing in Beirut, I have no clue what they're thinking about. Mm. So I was kind of shocked because, like, from how they're described to us that they're so happy and life is great and they're so open-minded. October 17, for sure. But no, reality isn't that way, right? I was shocked when Yara... And Joseph actually told me that they knew a lot of people that were that supported the traditional parties. Mm. So, and for, they were registering
0: as well. So yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. So they were like the Lebanese abroad are still the Lebanese are still Lebanese, right? right. What do you yeah. expect them to be like? They just like go f- get filtered into something else. Like w- like when you go into the plane, you just get filtered into yeah. like an open-minded revolutionary person. That's not how it works. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so yeah. Um and also I so was some like some, some some
0: reluctance in a way that this may not be this not the answer. I'm guessing from that that the problems are bigger than just the number of people who are registered.
1: Actually, um for Yara, yeah, she blamed the whole sectarian state and yeah. I think her and Joseph were actually oh remember call him Joseph or Joseph. Oh well, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> It's like Joseph <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my friend she <side>, Um <laughs> I think both of them agree that the residents also had the part to play and I think uh, actually Joseph said it that we're painting an image that the residents are hopeless <laughs> like we can't expect them to do anything right, right. now yeah. and like the diaspora are so open-minded we're building illusions we're building like two like polarized illusions and we need to bring them together for a realistic change yeah. because we might be very 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 disappointed by the diaspora and that. There's an even more heartbroken diaspora. The ones who had to leave because of the crisis, like Ralph Harawi. He yes. loved his country. He loved his family. And he felt like this was a forced exile yeah. for him and a lot of friends. Do you know how hard it is? A forced exile? That's really hard. So
0: I'm thinking, is it united for Lebanon? Was that the... United
1: uh, diaspora. United, united diaspora, yeah. right.
0: So that, he, I mean, he's abroad. Mm. He's... Pushing through, yeah. there was a nice moment where he's trying to get Latin American uh, voters yeah, to right? yeah. So I, I, I that there's passion abroad, even yeah. when there's some skepticism. The piece ends with his, I think, mm-hmm. positivity, which yeah. I liked. I like the quote: "The ones who dislike Lebanon and are mm-hmm. happy they are left are a minority. We, in brackets, the ones in, the, the involved ones, are the majority. Yeah. We are eighty percent versus twenty percent." So don't under, under don't underestimate us. We are capable of change. Yeah. So did you also get that sentiment that they are instruments of change as well rather than just being called on to assist? Cuz that from that quote seems like he's carrying the burden that yeah. he's willing to do it. And he's happy. And
2: he's happy. He's
1: happy. He spent like he told me he spent like whatever free time he had volunteering with United Diaspora because mm-hmm. he was because he felt like this was a forced exile he wanted revenge this is what i'm assuming like this is a kind of revenge for them right and this is why i wanted to include him to balance Mm -hmm. things out like yeah you have people that we should consider like the ones who are really done and pressured. So maybe we can tackle it uh, in a different way, right? What's yeah. wrong with that? Consider every, like, every single uh, perspective. That's not wrong. And I wanted to include and to remind people, that, no, no, a lot of people were still very passionate and uh, yeah, Ralph is one of them. And a lot of people feel like this is a sort of revenge. And what he told me is that the ambassadors, and I mentioned this in the article, the ambassadors of um, Latin American countries, the Albanese, and they were not doing their right, jobs. 100%. Like they waited like till the last two days and they reached out to uh, to people in these countries and they were like, like, what's going on? Why are the numbers low? And they so were like, we didn't know. It's,
0: it's a bit out of the scope of the article, but maybe you came across mm. this and uh, it's sort of, taken for, I mean, it's it's assumed that mm. there may be millions of Lebanese Brazilians. Yeah. But whether or not they are registered mm. Lebanese, forget registered mm. voters, uh, or even if they have the documents to prove it, they could be third generation mm. or mixed a marriage. Did you sense that there was any push to get the Latin American diaspora to get involved? Because I understood it as the ambassadors or the embassies there were not reluctant because they were not doing their jobs only. They may not have the numbers even to begin with. That this is more of a mythical story. <laughs> the Lebanese in Latin America, I mean, they could be from World War One refugees and they're yeah. Lebanese in, in terms of maybe their great-grandparents have, had stories of Lebanon, but they're detached. So did you get that feeling at all that even though we count on them in terms of Total numbers, but they're not as involved.
1: Well, actually, according to Ralph, um, a lot of these people have lost millions of dollars in Lebanese banks. in Latin American, yeah, a lot oh, of really? them had like invested money or mm. whatever in banks and they lost millions.
2: Okay, and so uh. they
1: wanted to completely like boycott and like not get involved in Lebanon oh, anymore, right? It's the other end. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, no, because also. Also, yeah, I agree with what you said. A lot of them were refugees, like from like the world wars, yeah. even the civil war. And when it comes to the people who were, you know, who lost a lot of money, they were like, "Well, do you want revenge? This is a way to get revenge." That's interesting. You can get them out. So, yeah, they did a lot, of, like a lot of good work. So it's
0: really bitterness, and add to that, why would they want to vote for a system that robbed their money? Yeah. So that's a, it's detached and also disgruntled, yeah. but also involved.
1: Yeah, because you know, yeah. because if if they didn't vote, that's the logic I understood. Then the same people would be in power. So why not try to get them out? See, that's your revenge plan. There you go.
0: But from my understanding, from his side, is that the numbers were not that big. That he got, he was involved. Obviously, he pushed. But the total statistics, I think, the largest numbers were in Europe. When it came to the breakdown of registered voters. I'm not mistaken, Europe was the biggest.
1: Yeah, that's true. Latin America is not...
2: Was it
0: third or fourth uh, in terms of region? I'm trying to remember. I think North America was second.
2: Yeah.
0: Or no. Was it Africa? The breakdown is available somewhere. Yeah. But I remember Latin America was not the first.
1: This is why they went and talked to people. Right. Because they spoke to them on Friday and Saturday. Like, when I spoke to Ralph, he was so busy. He was like... Oh, you like, spoke to him in the yes. last stretch. Yeah, right. Because mm. it was Friday yeah. and sat- Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Like, a few hours before, he was like, Oh my God, I'm bombarded with yeah. calls and yeah. like help. So, yeah, they waited for the results. And then they went to them and they were like, Is there a reason why you guys are not voting? That's what yeah. I understood. And yeah. Then, yeah.
0: I'll be honest. I got some messages... And I was trying to help with a call center. Um, and the numbers are are big. I mm. mean, 160, 70% increase, whatever it is. It's impressive. Yeah. It is impressive. Yeah. But I think it's... The way you wrote it is also... It's it's eloquent because you're describing that this is not just getting voters to register. Yeah. There's a... Maybe there's a better way to do it. There's a better way to engage the diaspora. Mm. And I liked the duality of the piece. I liked Joseph al on one side being... Maybe cautiously optimistic <laughs> and skeptical to a degree. And on the other end, you have uh, somebody like Ralph Harawi, who's emboldened to go yeah. all the way. So it's, an, it's a good piece. I enjoyed reading it. Thank
2: it you. It is a
0: natural extension to an earlier piece, which came out in early November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may have been, here we have, 2nd second of, second of November, The yeah. Case for United Opposition. Mm-hmm. The reason I liked this one is because this is the world I live in. Um, all the names i mean these are either podcast guests or friends mm-hmm. and some of them are older names that have been involved for a bit some of them are fresh and you found a way to reflect on them properly because they're young they're passionate but they also have some background mm-hmm. and i think they're the future of this country mm-hmm. and he's a friend so i'm going to bring him up sammy <laughs> mckadam he's been on the podcast twice uh i've gotten to know him in person uh, we disagree with each other sometimes, but we do it in a very civil way. And I love talking to him because yeah. I learned from him. Uh, I got to meet the executive director or the secretary general of Ooh. ministry, Hussein Raishi, who's also a podcast guest. I've had disagreements with both of them uh, together and lovely conversations with both of them. I learned from them. I'm going to mention the moment you bring up uh, Samir Makadem for Samir a member of Min Tishrin's executive council and the party's recording secretary. The upcoming electoral battle is about building a proper functioning state and redefining what it means to be a citizen, Mm. and the rights and responsibilities that come alongside it. The responsibilities of what it means to be a citizen. Yeah. What does that mean to you?
1: We have no clue how to be a citizen right like this ties to what tiara said and the other mm. right like yeah. Lebanese people have no clue how to be citizens and we don't consciously think about it but it's true mm. because even when it comes to voting i think someone pointed it out for me i can't remember who but it's like we go by people we know or we go by like we don't like we don't go by programs like we have never done that i mean this is the first time i'm going to be able to vote but <laughs> i'm guessing before like people didn't choose to go by like political programs right mm. so we don't know what our rights are or responsibilities are what we should expect from the state mm. what we should do to help the state we have no clue mm. and i think that's what he was referring to and that's what he was referring to that we had just have no clue what, what to do
0: I mean, he he goes a step further in terms of his own personal responsibilities. Mm. And he says that it's imperative for voters to get to know the candidates. So this is something I thought was interesting. Yeah. I know that Min goes all over the place, even to geographies that they know they may lose in a landslide. But for them, it's important for people to get to know them. And I'll quote him again. But if, in brackets, independence kept working after the elections, we would have credible figures that the people already trusted. So... I'm guessing from him and other people that I've spoken to, not on the podcast, in Friendship. And I think it echoes not just in your piece, but it's sort of a daily conversation. That's a lesson learned. Yeah. That they stopped too soon. Yeah. Did you get that sentiment from all these groups that have been trying for a few years now, pre-October 17th, that they made a mistake by just being like, getting defeated and just giving up?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because the opposition then was a different story. Like the candidates were different. The parties were a different story back then. Right, right. And yeah, they were like, they were running just under the pretense of like, we're the opposition. We are against traditional parties. Vote for us. This is what the sentiment people got. And yeah, everyone agrees, like the people I spoke to at least, that like, we shouldn't do that. Like, this is the lesson learned. Um, I didn't speak to all of the opposition parties yet. I'm coming to all of you. Expect me. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's like a public announcement. Be yeah, beware like of the you, can, you
1: can't ignore me. I'm going to find you. Yeah. All of you. Uh, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I <I'll> warned them.
1: <laughs> no, it's not fun. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if they share the same sentiment that, like, a lot of them weren't. Like they weren't involved in twenty eighteen because a lot of them came out of the twenty nineteen yeah, yeah, revolution, exactly. right? Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the candidates then, the ones that lost, they completely except Podiobian. Like we saw her, like, right? But the others were kind of like, what who are they? Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I think. What he was trying to get at, and uh, I think it would be an interesting point of view, right? Like if the people got to know this person, and through the elections, and then he lost whoever he is, and then he kept working, he didn't give up, people knew him, like, people have to see, people need evidence, like, we're human beings, we need to send stuff in order to believe it. So, I think that's the point, is that, and even uh, in another article, he said that Mintichin is not going to stop after the elections. like, the day after, they're going to keep working, and I, I respect that, because people need people like that.
0: And I, from listening to him and others in that mm-hmm. group, and not just that group, others in October 17, that they think of next year as just the beginning of a very mm-hmm. long process. Oh, yeah, Yeah. so those are his words. Now, there's somebody who's a little older in terms of where October 17 lands and his career, Mark mm-hmm. Dow, who's in Taqadun. Um He was, he ran in 2016. Yeah. And uh, there's a moment that i think it resonates with me because he in a way gets into something that i deal with regularly and who am i at the end of the day i'm just guy i'm somebody talking but imagine that if you're in the political scene this must be an immense headache he mentions the willingness from some october 17 parties to put the civil war years behind them and talk to anyone willing to reform And he's referencing specifically Kata'ib Mm -hmm. and how that party, Takadum, can form an alliance with Kata'ib. So, that to me is, it seems, something that allows for bigger gains in next year's elections. Mm. That there may be something in terms of allying with this group because they expressed reform tendencies. And they probably will offer a bigger coalition should they all run together. It's a, Obviously, it's a controversial thing yeah. among October 17 parties. He said it in a way that's very straightforward, that if you're a reformer, that's all that matters. We can all move on from the civil war if we're willing to together. Then there's the other side, which says, hell no, they're not willing yeah. to. So in your reporting since you want to talk to everybody in October 17 have you already sensed that this is a divisive issue uh, like, yeah yeah and uh, I mean sorry beyond his take uh, you, yeah. beyond
1: beyond everything beyond, beyond everything left.
0: yeah d- <laughs> d- d- something that you've run into yourself
1: oh yeah I mean tomorrow self-promotion tomorrow I like there's an article about the Beirut Bar elections. so this will
2: come out on Friday tomorrow okay so
1: yeah, for people Friday. listening and oh, yeah, watching right, that's Friday. it's <laughs> two days early but I'll, yeah. I'll embed it in that yeah, episode Yeah, this this is a, like, long analysis, and I think it's fascinating because mm. we see this problem there, like, it's, Yeah, It's like, <laughs> this is the, like, the issue there, right? Because a lot of people are like, no way, no way that we can join mm-hmm. forces uh, with people who have, like, this kind of reputation and history. And then you have, you know... Jabhat al-Ma'arada that's already formed, which Takadum is part of. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is a very, very, very divisive issue for for them.
0: Have you run into anyone that's expressed like an absolute opposition Um,
1: within October 17? No, no one's like directly. No way. No. No. Not really. I don't think they would do that actually because... I don't know, I don't know. Is that democratic? I don't know, I'm not a
2: politician.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I mean, we had the elections last weekend. This lawyer syndicate election. That seems to be the issue that tore the alliance apart. There's more than
1: that. i would go, th- go into that tomorrow, on Friday. In the article, you'll know.
0: Well, this will come out after the article. So I'll, I'll embed the okay. article. But what can you say to that effect on this um, issue? What issue? The, like, the reluctance to get too close to Kata'ib with right. acknowledging Mark's, Mark Tahu's words and I'll, I'll quote him directly we meaning I, I, I guess he's assuming this is Takadum, not just the alliance but Takadum and company we're not going by people's opinions of them meaning Kataib. as long as we get along politically and share the same principles then there's no issue what about the others that are not willing to go that far
1: well I mean, yeah, all of them said, like the ones I spoke to, is that we need to agree on a political program, right? No one Mm -hmm. said, like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, we need a history, a clear history of... No, Mm -hmm. no one said that. So, but there are are definitely issues of, like, um, shared principle and even agreeing on stuff amongst the October 17 groups. So um there are like not everything is as organized as we think it is Mm. right like Mm. even inside even both of them actually the opposition front and october 17 groups like it's not that organized people like it's not like oh yeah we need to agree agree on shared principles and the same program and that's it i think Mm. it's more complicated than that i'm not sure what happens behind closed doors but so far from what i understood from what i'm going to write is that it's not that easy. Like even them, like the, like both of them actually faced issues, and like why did certain candidates win here and not others, right? And why did why did we have two candidates for the naib position here? Here in
0: Beirut. Yeah. yeah why did right. why
1: did that happen? And why did these the candidates win that were. You know?
0: Sorry, these are questions you're asking, or you have the, you know why? And I'm curious why.
1: It's, it's yeah, it's the questions that people were asking, oh, right? It's like, are, wh- oh, why right. did, yeah, yeah. It, like, yeah. there are issues inside, yeah. not issues, like, there are things inside the coalition that we don't know about. Mm. So it's not that easy. It's not about we need to just agree on principles. Mm, no, I don't think that. I think right. it's more complicated than that.
0: Well, you, you talk about this actually within mm. the piece. That there are some parties that think of sovereignty mm-hmm. first and then economic reform second, yeah. and that's obviously you're referencing Kata'ib and Amco. Yeah. Uh, then there's the other side which says no, economics comes first, sovereignty comes second. Yeah. Now that's an old debate that's been <laughs> like exhausted for yeah. the last two years maybe or more, longer. So that, I mean, that's a d- debate that you can have until Lebanon gets reborn or dies, doesn't matter. That's yeah. an existential debate at this point. I think everyone has made up their their own mind in, in that mm. uh, struggle. But uh, there's a professor that you quote in the piece, Fadia yeah, from Saint-Joseph. Yeah, yes. So she makes it very clear. Electorally, the opposition has a chance to win, but they need a clear vision and a clear political program. The number of party supporters dropped significantly due to their incompetence. But the alternatives need to unite and provide a unified plan that they will all follow to increase their chances of winning.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's really just about making it clear what you stand for. Because I you know, I read all these policy papers. Mintishin has a website, <laughs> yeah. which you allude to actually.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean the whole platform is there. al Nahas and Mumfit have their own
1: Oh yeah. They're list there. Of <laughs>
0: whatever tabs yeah. and, and yeah. you know uh subjects um i would go as far to say as even katib these days has their own yeah platform so fa- i don't know i mean that seemed a little too simplistic in my mind that it's all about platforms i think the platforms are, are accessible they and they talk about these platforms okay
1: That's not what everyone thinks, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, the diaspora, for example, they have no clue (laughs) about these people. Like, they have no clue. Like, they may know of them, Mm -hmm. but they don't know about them, like, the way we do. Mm -hmm. So there's there's an issue there. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure, like, how it can be fixed or whatever, um, but not everyone sees it that way that they're there and their like policies are obvious cuz this is not the first time that i hear this like we don't know their political program and honestly who's going to consciously go and look at each party's like group's website and read the political program yeah I don't think that's everyone, right? Like yeah. you need to be exactly interested, but people need I think
0: even party members don't always <laughs> on. No, really, cuz it's yeah. a, it's like it's a wealth of material, right? But it's available.
1: It's available, but not we need to think like the generation, this generation thing, the social media mm-hmm. generation, right? that's no, people are lazy nowadays so maybe and people said where are the campaigns like we need to know yeah. you people we need to see you that's what a lot of the diaspora actually said we need to know you we need to see you so there's that issue and
0: i'll just interrupt here I, it was very visible sammy shmail and his tour in north america yeah. that was real campaigning abroad did you sense that anyone in other october 17 core parties were they doing anything like that traveling and promoting their platform abroad
1: well, i mean not all of them can do that right yeah. like it, do they work a lot like yeah, these people yeah. work so much in this country have to do so much so mm-hmm. we can't all just hop on a plane and go like sure, and course, also yeah. money right yeah, like yeah. a lot of them need the finances and funds uh, so it's not about the political programs per se but it's about like people knowing reaching out to people and introducing yourself because obviously this is my job and this is what i'm interested in so i'm gonna go read someone else my friends no they're not gonna do that
0: i don't know what more they could do in terms of promoting their platform let's
1: ask them what more can you do guys
0: have you you (laughs) asked them that question i actually asked to a degree with uh yeah because i've done maybe five episodes with different members of mintashin They emphasize that they have a website. They launched it. They have all these Instagram snippets. uh, And they're very good. They're actually easily, easily accessible. So if they can't travel easily, if they don't have the funding to do politics outside, I don't know what more they could do to try to talk about their economic policies. Even in podcasts, which they've done many podcasts, different outlets, they've talked exhaustively on these issues. I don't know what they could do beyond that.
1: Yeah, it seems like a lot of work, but this is like politics, right? Politics means a direct relationship with the people, serving Mm, the mm, people. So maybe they should ask people and people will answer them what they would want them to do. Right. Because also people told me from the diaspora that they feel like some opposition parties are arrogant. Not arrogant, mm, but they didn't mm. feel like a direct connection with them. But that's because they read social media posts. So they have... Like, you know when you read the text and you have no idea how to interpret it? Yeah. It could be like, oh, this person is cold. Well, no, like you're just reading a text, right? So I don't know what the people need. but And mm. also, I'm not like referring or hinting to any specific party. I'm just saying that this is... How some of the people I spoke to, like how they expressed their feelings about like the opposition groups, that some of them just didn't yeah. seem like they were close to them. You know, in
0: my obviously, you're a you're a talented mm. journalist. You're doing your reporting day in day out. My experience in terms of getting to know voters abroad is not that big. <laughs> I I, I, inter, I interact with them online, but you're doing uh, you're yeah. working and you're writing yeah. pieces on them. My understanding was that these groups are more popular abroad than they are here.
1: No. no. I mean, huh. no, that's not true.
2: May I throw an mean, example?
0: Uh, Mintashrim?
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe I'm wrong. I thought the passion for that group was more diaspora than local.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously like Ralph the united diaspora there are people who are passionate yes and like you know Mintishreen has members who are passionate mm, right mm. but we need to understand that there are millions of us out yeah. there so we need to see the other we, like the passionate ones are okay good on you guys you're doing a great job but we need to like to look at the doubtful ones the ones who have no clue what's going on right uh, what like what could what could they do more? I honestly have no clue, but we could uh, study it. They could ask people. I don't I don't know.
0: That is a great segue into the traditional parties, which yeah. obviously are still a force. Yeah. There's they're not expired. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's Fadia Kiwan that points at that. Yeah. Uh and these are your words. The traditional parties are still a force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. but by creating a coalition Kiwen expected the opposition to amass around 25 of the 128 parliamentary seats. Right? That sounds outrageous to me. Right. I can't imagine 25.
1: That would, why not? Why not? That would be awesome.
0: I would, I mean, maybe it's being a little too hard, but I think the number would be more like five. And I'm excluding the independents. Meaning. Yeah. Not Michel Ma'wad or <laughs> Namit Frem. So I think the number at most would be five. So 25 is a huge bet. And add to that um, Fadia's quotes uh, the number of party supporters dropped significantly due to their incompetence, but the alternatives need to unite and provide a unified plan that they will all follow to increase their chances of winning. I don't know if unity or planning can get that much done for next year. I really think uh, it's an issue that is older. It's something we spoke about sort of before recording that uh, you need to have one party that includes all. And it should just be October 17. Yeah. And you mentioned before that you were six in 2005. Uh, I vividly recall this, that March 14's biggest mistake was not letting go of the older parties and not becoming one force to reckon with, political force. Uh, It stayed a conglomerate of parties and eventually broke down for many reasons that I've gotten into repeatedly. But I think October 17 had a better chance at coalescing and it stays a conglomerate of very small parties, with Kate being the largest one. Yeah, And they're not even welcomed by every October 17 party. So I don't know where she got that very big number.
1: They could get 25 if they unite. If they unite. Oh. So everyone, everyone is calling for a united front, right? Mm-hmm. Because once they do that, they are capable of getting 25 seats. Right. That's what she meant Because also a lot of people that I talk to They're calling for a unified co- coalition Because that's what the people want They don't want Like we've, <laughs> we have a divided state Why would we want more divided groups? So they could do that Otherwise, I don't know Because the Beirut bar elections Kind of threw us off mm. right And a lot, a lot of lawyers that I spoke to Said that there was a lot of ego involved, right? Yeah. yeah. What was happening there? What's going on? Is like.
0: I mean, this is oh, a subjective question. view, but it looks bad when October 17 and Kent Kata- and Kataeb are still disagreeing on everything, or not necessarily everyone. They still cannot have that natural unity, and Kateib does better when it works with the regime mm. in numbers, in total numbers, right. than it does when it works with what should be its friends and allies in October 17. And I don't know where the burden goes exactly. Mm. If that's the Puritan protester or a because it's I am sorry to keep talking here. Kataib at the end of the day is a political party. They don't survive unless they run for elections. They are nothing without elections. And I think of that party as sort of looking at the regime as not a friend, but an opportunity to win more seats, given that the October 17 longer list really doesn't want them around.
1: Some, yeah, I guess the Puritans, yeah, those Puritans. who don't want to be involved with a traditional party. Yeah. And I think
0: the name that was thrown out at the beginning, Karim Dahir, Dahir. Dahir sorry. Yeah. Karim Daher, Yeah,
1: the candidate that should have. Should have been the
0: natural pick for everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what the lawyers that I spoke to said. Like, mm. it was. Uh, they saw that opportunity and they let it slip because of issues with Kataib. Mm. And that's interesting, right? Because from the lawyer's point of view, he should have been the ideal candidate and he would have definitely won. Mm-hmm. So yeah i don't know what the priorities are like in october 17 like what, what's happening what's going on what are the reasons we don't know the entire story because they obviously don't come out with statements that say oh yeah we're, we're not <laughs> we're not gonna work with Kateba anymore because this this and this right. so it's like up yeah. to our interpretation right mm-hmm. so we don't know what's going on there but yeah there was an opportunity and apparently it was lost this was, this is according to the lawyers Um, but yeah, the the opposition need to be united because the people, what they're seeing is just a divided, like just divided groups. And we have divided groups. That's not what we want. Yeah. But I don't know how it can be fixed. I don't know. I need to dig in deeper.
0: The article will be embedded, even though it's coming out after the release, after the Mm. <laughs> it, a, before uh, the release why of are we episode. so
1: confused it's literally it, listeners it came out before read it if you want if you'd like that would I'll, be nice. I'll
0: include the link in the details box yeah. there's a third piece that I'm glad you brought up actually when I reached yes. out to you it's something that you wanted to talk about more than just a business this came out earlier it's uh, November, uh, October, October 11 yeah. and it's a nice personality driven piece where you're talking to entrepreneurs mm. who can't make a living not because of their lack of skills but because the economy crashed yeah and they want to earn money as any young entrepreneur should their desire is to have a stable income and to and to really
1: Do have a job flourish
0: a yeah and, and, and grow and creatively Yeah, uh, you spoke to an architect
1: yeah. Mirna, she's Myrna? great. Kindness, uh, love that. <laughs> Kindness, yes. Kindness. Sorry, I thought you were. Oh, yeah, she's okay. amazing. Yes, uh, Madhu Asman.
2: Was
0: it Mirna Shaibin? Yes, Sh- Shaibin, sorry. Shabin. Yeah. yeah, and you're exploring somebody's journey through Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, and how they're able to knit. Yeah. Custom customized uh, items. I think it was an emotional sort of type of craft. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah which what
1: is. The like in Lebanon through the whole collapse we still have emotional shopping people buying things because it, it's significant to them That's just epic see there's always a way
0: now there's a quote in the piece it's a little further down it's referring to the use of social media during the crisis it's from a social media expert Brahim Yunus and these are this is the quote what social media helped enhance was the number of people that found their desired items right in front of them Business owners could now target more people and find more clients. So, did you sense by talking to these entrepreneurs that they would not have a living otherwise? That this was the last resort? And the internet's still running, social media is still accessible. That if you can't afford it here, at least if you're abroad, you can afford it. Yeah. Maybe if you're visiting, you could of help course. support. And that this, in a way, offered an alternative for people to stick around
1: yeah yeah Yeah. right so first of all i'd like to start this by saying that this is why i love journalism i just adore people are you kidding me when i get the chance to speak with people that just give you so much hope and you just see the courage actually i do this on the daily and it is just so nice so this is why i love my job and yeah this piece is a great example of that because First of all let's take mirna because her page kindness had success and mm, mm. it's an interesting story like you would never think of knitting as a successful business especially in 2021 right but she made it happen and she prices in dollars right yeah which is important right yeah, yeah. and she admits that it's a luxury thing right and she had to come to terms with that Mm. and that's okay because she actually has a client base like like when i spoke to her she was fully booked like in the summer was it like august yeah she was booked throughout the whole month of august Mm. can you imagine that Mm. like there are people who really like these things and we have people who like earn money and dollars here and there's a client base for that so not not us no no definitely no yeah. Now Lebanon do better. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, so anyway, so uh, it's not it's so it's not that it's their only resort. Like Marwa, for example, she has another job that she's not satisfied, and I think a lot of young entrepreneurs have like a. Marwa job. was
0: the second architect, is that right, or a graphic designer? No, no, no. She
1: was. Uh, she works at. Uh, the Makassid Foundation. Oh sorry, no. sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So no, she had that job and she also wanted to start a side business which is Canva art, which is um, yes. embroidery on yeah. canvases. That's also epic, right? Mm-hmm. So but a lot of these people actually I didn't speak to a lot of people is then the article would be so long, but they rely solely on that income mm. from these businesses. So things can happen. Right, like if you have an idea, you can have a client base, and Mirna is a great kindness is a great example of that. That Mm. there are people who would be interested in your craft. So
0: it shows that you can still have an independent journey in this country. It's it's tricky because you're taking your skills to the internet. May not always work, but I think enough creativity. There's ways to do it. And it's not just, obviously, it's not just knitting. Um, you mentioned somebody else. Uh, I, the name is, I think, I, I can't remember it's the so It's uh,
1: Sahjina. Thank
0: you. Sahjina no. Hasouni.
1: Sahjina. 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 Yes.
0: You said I couldn't, I was kind of. Sahjina
1: Hasouni. Yeah. She's yeah. an yeah, older woman in uh, Jnoub. And she, Mune. Mune, right? Yeah. And. Mune. Online, uh, like her Instagram page, also helped her get more people. But what I
0: liked about that is that that's the older generation. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I thought was very important—that mm-hmm. you have an older woman who's been struggling, who's now an Instagram entrepreneur. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Yeah, I thought that was inspirational. Actually, it was yeah. a lovely story.
1: There's always a way, guys. There's always a way.
0: How did you How did you reach out to her? How did you find her in uh, terms of Mune and this kind of crap? Because this is a story I've never heard. A lot of the pieces that I read are familiar names. Yeah. So, the, I mean, you sort of, you run into the same yeah, yeah. characters. How did you run into her?
1: I dig deep I spent hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) researching on social media to find like an interesting page or person and I Mm -hmm. always always my priority is always to give people exposure or to help them out because Marwa had just started her page Mm -hmm. when I messaged her when we talked actually so I I messaged the page and actually Denise I think got back to me and she said well speak to my aunt Mm. and the aunt is the one that's responsible for everything and, uh, yeah, so I do a lot of uh, research. But
0: may I ask, because this is more of the reporting side, how did you find her? I mean, because Instagram is just...
1: You, you, okay.
0: What is the process? No, <laughs> no, really, process? I'm sorry to be uh, like a little... No, easy. I'm
1: trying to remember. <laughs> like you, I you, type... found,
0: you found an individual yeah. selling Monet yeah. and a fresh Instagram account with a, a new and fresh a new Instagram account.
1: So this is what I do. So I go to like mune pages, all of them. I write in Arabic and I write in English and I see everything every hashtag. I go to mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter mm-hmm. and I go through every single hashtag and everything that has moon in it. And I spend my day just searching and searching for like the pa- the right page, the right content. I don't I try to stay away from the more famous ones that's clear yeah because
0: yeah. you because i'll say what i mentioned at the beginning is that these are character driven pieces yeah. but these are names that come out of nowhere so it's mm-hmm. it's a nice refreshing experience
2: yeah exactly yeah.
1: it's epic it's cuz i get to know these people which is what i love to do and they get to talk to someone and it means so much
0: to so them. you're using social media for that all the time mm-hmm. okay so that's a nice way to kind of wrap it up with your generation and you're a younger journalist
2: mm.
0: i mean obviously the profession is old and has gone through different era i mean the written word is clearly not as uh mm. determined today as it used to be that yeah you have word limitations that are built mm. in <laughs> yeah instagram is pictures <laughs> hashtags is not sort of yeah. the, uh, literature uh Yet, you write long form analysis. So, in that world that you navigate through, do you find that the audience is more interested in the social media experience than the actual written form? Because I read your pieces and I know that you were off social media for the the most part, until recently, even Twitter yeah. was it the last week that you
1: joined. Yeah, I lost my mysterious journalist title. What do Everyone you mean? Everyone was so confused whenever I would like reach out to them through email or if I get their number. They're like who? We, there's uh, there's no evidence of me on oh, social media, yes. right. right? Um, I have an Instagram account that I used to find people and a Facebook account that I used to find people. And I used like I didn't use the Twitter, my Twitter account for the longest time until. Five days ago. Right. Uh, yeah. So I was the mysterious journalist, but now I've lost that title.
0: But why? I mean, somebody who depends on social media so much for their, for accessing information, why were you off social media? Even Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, you don't post. I don't post. It's like one, maybe one post. I post
1: stories. They're funny. You post stories, yeah. So, but I mean. Yeah, so I don't I, post. I don't post. I it. guess
0: what I'm asking is you're not a social media journalist. Yeah. You're not a social media persona. No. You're a really a fairly reserved yeah. journalist yeah. who writes. Yeah. Is that deliberate? Or you... I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure you out.
1: <laughs> oh, good luck with that. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, it's an interesting observation. I like it. So, yeah, I adore social media because of people, because of hmm. the other. I'm not interested in myself. Like I've seen I see myself in the mirror. I don't need pictures of myself or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just I don't know how to interact based on a persona of me on social media, if you know what I mean.
0: That's interesting.
1: I have no clue how to do so. I know to talk to people cuz that's what I love to do, but me? To present myself as me on social media I'm still learning I really am
0: It's not a principle in terms of reporter versus opinion it's not okay. that you're trying because you could you could share the facts that you've gained on social yeah. media but you don't do that
2: either
1: No yeah I'm not interested in my own stuff like I write and I love it but I just I don't know how to promote on social media for myself. I, I don't I just don't know how to do it.
0: I guess you're out of step with most of your peers because I'm I'm just going to guess that <laughs> you're the only one among your friends, or even colleagues, yeah, who doesn't turn to social media for self promotion. Yeah. But you're also the on the opposite side, you're using it for data. Yeah. Yeah, which is really interesting.
1: I really don't care about myself and that. I mean maybe mm-hmm. someday you might find me with like a full like Instagram of only my pictures that could happen but yeah i'm i really i just have social media accounts just for people i like to keep up with people i did like i made a twitter account for the people also because my editor anna maria kept telling me to do so thanks anna love you
0: (laughs) you made a twitter account for the people you interviewed
1: no, no, because I like to find, keep up with the people.
0: Oh, oh, To I keep see. up yeah, with yeah, the people and yeah. to find
1: the people. Because I like to know what's going on. Course, I want to yeah. keep, uh, like, keep up to date with the, with the people, what mm. they're going through, what's happening. This is how I based my um, diaspora piece.
0: I'll say something. I've heard it from different journalists. Some of them are, I mean, they're younger, some are not. Uh, that it is a skill to not be the center of the story. To p- take yourself out of it and share the story for what it is without inserting your own oh, yeah. persona or even your own opinion for that matter um, and the, the the journalists that I admire more are the ones that do that naturally and it's, it's not easy to detach yourself but you just that you've taken that experience a step further by detaching yourself completely from social media although now you're forced on in a way not so,
1: forced on I enjoy it because it's fun fun but yeah I I just don't know how to be like the center of attention when it comes to me like me to deliberately be the center of my attention I already are I already spend 24 hours with myself every day like to spend time on social media to talk about myself or to promote myself I'll have someone else do that when I have someone else to do that for me then that would happen so if you're interested in that position, <laughs> you're the first person
0: Donna. I've done this many times yeah. hundreds now to look at the camera when they talk. I find that very endearing. Yeah, you're 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 in, you said something which I thought was funny. You can't see without your glasses. So you, I can't,
1: I don't know what I'm looking you at. You
0: don't even know Well, you're looking at yourself.
1: <laughs> I see a pink thing moving. I have no clue what's going on. No,
0: that's that's you Dana. That's you right there. And that's me.
1: That's, but that's well. Not
0: me. Well, you can bend that's yourself into the frame. Yeah, <laughs> there you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. So see, I don't. I don't. I'm not even interested in.
0: <laughs> well, I mean.
1: Look. After <laughs> it comes out, if you make me look, if like no, you make me, if it looks bad, it's deleted. It's gone. Never happened. It's never happened.
0: It's not the first episode. It's not the only episode we'll do. We'll have follow-ups yeah. when you have more to write, but. You've written a lot in the short period of time that you've been at now Lebanon.
1: Yeah, I was never supposed to be a journalist, but here I am. Never say never, people. Never say never.
0: Could you end (laughs) the episode with that (laughs) story?
1: All right. So. And uh, don't lie. Lie. All right. I'm going to mention Anna Maria. If I lie, she's going to come for me. I'm going to do that. So um i studied journalism but then i was like ah this is not happening this isn't for me i'm done with it completely it's too much blech politics Ew. so i just continued my life uh, i guess i should
0: just look at this, <laughs> Wait, this,
1: no, is, I'm, this I'm is yeah ex- we're just gonna do here <laughs> okay, that's fine, i'm, I'm that's talking fine. to the people yeah. i'm not even no, you can, go ahead,
2: go okay. ahead.
1: so i <laughs> that's fine i'm yeah. going that way so i studied. <laughs> i studied journalism But then I was not interested anymore. I thought it was too overwhelming. And what's the point anyway? Just gonna publish like bad things happening all the time? No. So I stayed away from it. I traveled a bit, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I was bored one day. and And I thought to myself, I like talking to people. People are my passion. That's all I'm interested in, people. So I was like, I messaged someone from now Lebanon. I'm like, do you think you guys don't have a lot of cultural stuff going on? Do you want someone to write a piece? Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Do that. And then I did it because I just, I really just, I was, I'm an extrovert. I wanted to talk to people. So I did that piece and Anna loved it. And she, she offered me the job and she was like, do you want to write more? Or yeah, are you interested? I just said yes because I liked Anna. She was nice and I thought working with her would be cool. And now here we are. I am now obsessed with economy, politics and law, surprisingly. And that's all because of Anna because she kept challenging me. She kept pushing my boundaries. She thought I could do it and I did it. Because the law ones, everything that I did about like... uh, Beirut Legal, I was so insecure about talking to lawyers because I knew nothing about law and I tried to educate myself, but oh my God, have you tried to like know every single aspect of the Lebanese law? It's too much. So I was very insecure and I thought this isn't for me, even politics. like I thought this isn't for me, definitely not. But then I, I studied a bit and I researched and I researched and I did it and I spoke... To people, and I spoke to lawyers, and I spoke to political parties and groups, and I broke that barrier. And now I realized I'm actually really interested in politics and law. And that's all because of the amazing people like I get to talk to. That because they're fascinated, I've become fascinated. Just love
2: them.
0: Well, it's an inspiration for anyone who's having second doubts of going into journalism. I think you are a primary example of somebody who stumbles into something that they love doing and ends up doing it for a living and you're obviously very you're very talented Mm -hmm. in what you do Uh, you're also very endearing Dana you're Mm -hmm. somebody I could talk to for a long time I think it's because the energy level is quite high which is uh, yeah but you're kind of you strike me as somebody who crashes well at night too when you turn off, you turn off. And you t-
1: <laughs> I like my sleep. Yeah, There you go. Yeah, I like my sleep, but yeah. I would sacrifice it for a good night out with people.
0: Okay. Well, I'll take you up on that invitation when it happens. Thank you for spending your evening with me, Dana. Uh, for anyone that's been listening, the Now Lebanon pieces are in the details box. Uh, for anyone that's watching, that's Dana Khourani.
1: <laughs> Not the singer. Not the singer. Not I should singer. change my name. I should have said, I'm changing my name. I'm Shut up. <laughs> now on
0: well if that were to happen the visual the viewers would go up
1: also can I say something I don't to, know about the audio <laughs> can I say something to the listeners sure like whoever is doubtful or whatever or because the, this generation is so focused on success and like reaching the goal um, enjoy the journey fail 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 like go through so many failures because that's what counts how you learn and what you learn not the success because you need the journey to have a story success it's just there it's a perspective but go through the journey try things and if you fail I'm rooting for you
0: we should get the snaps at the same time
1: yeah one two three there you go (laughs) yeah Donna thank you thank you Roni this has been so epic and fun I'm looking forward (laughs)